Hi everyone, this is Todd Fields, and you're listening to the Worship Circle Podcast, episode number 47. I am your host, and thank you so much for jumping in and listening to us this time and every time. If you haven't heard us before and this is the first time listening, there's so many great episodes and guests behind this one, so I'd encourage you to check those out. These are crazy times we're all living in. There's a pandemic still going on, and uh, church life has changed, and then there's tensions going on and things we're all trying to learn from each other as brothers and sisters, just racially. And so I wanted to pass on, just right up top, something that um, Travis Green, who's on our team, shared with us as we had a session about how we as brothers and sisters can lead our churches, love each other well, listen well in the midst of these times. And one of the things Travis Travis shared that I loved, he said, oftentimes we, we talk about diversity and we want our stages to be diverse, but he said it really comes down to our dinner table and the friendships we have. And so the application point for all of us in worship circle was, you know, make it a point to pray, first of all, that God would just direct us toward someone who doesn't look like us with the intent of becoming friends. And it's really a great application point and a great step forward for all of us just to say, let's make it a point in the coming days and weeks to um, get to know someone who doesn't look like us, to love their family, listen, and um, build friendship, be present with the people right in front of us. So I just wanted to pass that on. I love Tasha and Travis led a session for us just on racism and how we can listen and love each other and learn in the midst of all that's going on in the country right now. But at Worship Circle, we want to build bridges uh, racially, and so we're in the process of doing that, and it's a beautiful thing that God's doing in our family and community. And we want that for you as well. Just as a point of uh, things coming up down the road, we have a summit coming up in August. We don't have the exact date yet, but if you go to worshipcircle.com forward slash summit, or you just go to worshipcircle.com, click on summit link, you can give us your email and you'll be in line on the waiting list to get in. Because last time we had like a waiting list of 100 people and we can only accept so many because we actually have a small group that day online for you to be on with the mentor of your choice. Also, our sister companion ministry is brand new called Loved and Not Alone. It's going to be launching soon. And some of you have seen us post that phrase it's our purpose statement for our ministry we have bracelets coffee mugs and t-shirts that give you an opportunity to have a resource to love someone in your sphere of influence in your vicinity to let them know that they're loved and not alone so if you want to be in the know on that and the first to have access to our online store when it opens if you go to at loved and not alone on instagram you can give us a follow And you will be the first to know when we launch. So do that because it may be (laughs) right like literally within the next week and a half before our next podcast episode. So do that now. Follow Worship Circle as well on Instagram, Facebook. And if you do that, you're going to be able to see and hear what's going on in the coming days. Lastly, if if you're not a member of Worship Circle and you would like to apply, go to worshipcircle.com forward slash program. We have a new term coming up October 2020. It's our next six-month term, and we'd love to have you on board. Well, my guest today, as I said, is a longtime friend. Mr. Steve Fee lives in Nashville, Tennessee right now. And uh, we led a worship for so many years together and just are big fans of each other's gifting in God and just as brothers. And we came together in Nashville not too long ago to talk about songwriting because so many of us want to write songs or are songwriters. And Steve was recently, not too long ago, on a TV show called Songland where he was uh, one of the finalists. And one of his songs actually got recorded by Aloe Black which was a really cool thing to happen for him. But in this podcast, he talks about that experience. And then we just dig into some you know, general worship leading tips and information and strategy that um, just from two guys who have been doing it a while would love to pass on to you. Not that we've arrived, but we have uh, battle wounds and scars to show for the things we've learned and just we've been around quite a while, so we want to pass some stuff on to you. So it's my honor and joy. Once again, this is the second time Steve's been on the Worship Circle podcast. So it's my honor to introduce and welcome our special guest for this podcast, Mr. Steve Fee.
All right, friends, I am literally at my friend Steve Fee's house in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the Worship Circle Podcast, Steve. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Last time I had Steve on, our family was living in San Francisco, and you were out here in the East Coast. And uh, we have a lot of history, a lot of great memories together. This just, feels better, being in the same room, looking at each other. It talking. does, man. You said you were in your car last time. I was in my car. I, yeah, and you were just at home in Yeah, in I was San at Francisco. our home in San Francisco. We were doing it through the internet, um, recording it that way, and it's it's just much better to be in person. Tons. But I'm here in Nashville. Steve and I have been writing a little bit today, and um, I just wanted to pick up, because the last time I had you on, we really, I think, focused a lot about worship leading in the you know in church which is what a lot of our listeners are doing right now yeah um well they're not doing it right now they're not they're <laughs> leading on the internet <laughs> which that's a whole another story and we and just get... you know just a disclaimer we are here in nashville on uh, phase three of the the, the let up of quarantine so it's phase it's, three here yeah we are um totally above board to be in the same room together good <laughs> and we are, we're only about five feet apart so yeah we're, we're violating it by a foot not quite social distance all the way but hey, um, since since we talked last, um, I remember you were telling me, "Hey, I'm going to be on this TV show called Songland. No one's heard of it yet, but it's coming on." And uh, you you were one of the contestants on Songland, yeah, um, not too long ago. And I just want to jump into kind of that experience. What was it like to be somebody who's led worship in church, written some songs for the church, and then all of a sudden you're on a on a TV show? And yeah, a bunch of people around the country are going, "Hey, I remember you in youth group. What's going on?" Right. What was that like? It was. I mean, it was. It was a lot of things. It was. Uh, and you know, I haven't been consistently singing, yeah, um, or even really performing, leading much. So it was like, oh, I'm going to sing for the first time in a long time to a whole lot of people. Yeah. Um, and so it was. Uh, it was really cool. I submitted a song, and. It was a last minute song, right? We, mm -hmm. we submitted the song the morning after we stayed up all night writing it. Yeah. Um, it, because we knew about the song line, song land deadline. I should right. Say. And by that night, uh, the morning that I submitted it, by that evening, I was on the, a Skype call with NBC casting. And the next morning I was on an airplane to fly out there. Mm. And so it was a quick process to like discover um this deadline in the show and deliver a song and then be out there and then to be out there with like there you know there was a bunch of other contestants and they're all like 26 mm -hmm. you know and i'm not uh and so it was i felt like kind of the old guy the chaperone which was kind of a cool thing and yeah um so yeah i i didn't really know what to expect with the show and went in kind of open-handed and I really was into the song that I brought. It was a, a like a pop song that that has has spiritual yeah. uh, brotherhood kind of connectivity undertones. Um, it's about it's a song about family and mm -hmm. friends that are as close as family. Um, yeah, and uh, how the show goes is you 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 sing the song for these three coaches, and then um, those those three coaches are there every episode, and. Uh, the different thing about every episode is that there's a, a different A-list kind of artist, uh, multi-genre, you know, mm -hmm. but um, and an artist there every week, and that artist chooses the song that they want to record. And so our artist was um, a guy named Aloe Black, uh, really well known for collaboration with Avicii, the song Wake Me Up, yeah. the song Brother, um, song, um, duh, lots of them, look them up, Aloe Black. Right. Um, and so he... Uh, I ended up being one of the final three and getting to work with a um, songwriter and producer named Shane McAnally from here in town. And I've always wanted to meet and get to know Shane. That was a, um, probably the highlight for me is, um, is just the connection with people. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, the songwriting side of it was great. The fact that um, eventually uh, even though on the episode, my, my song wasn't chosen by Aloe to be recorded and, and added to this, uh, this movie, um, this fast and furious movie, um, later Allo called and said, I love this song. I want to record it anyway. And That's ended crazy. up recording it and releasing yeah. it. Um, and so I feel like that was a, a great, a great win. Mm -hmm. Um, and the connection with him and the other contestants, it was very like a life giving kind of thing. And I've, you know, you and I both know people and probably most 
most folks listening to this podcast know someone or are removed by one person of someone who's been on The Voice or American Idol or all yeah. these other shows. And the thing I love about Songland, it isn't, it's not a performance show. And mm. if it was, I surely shouldn't have been there. Uh, <laughs> but it was a song show about pulling the curtain back and how are these songs written? Who yeah. are the people like that write these songs? What's their motivation? How do these songs get like from this, the, the point that they're um, pitched on the show, which are they're in a decent spot to even get better. And so um, it made me a better songwriter and put some wind in my sails as a songwriter too. It's a great show. So if you guys haven't watched it, check it out. Yeah. One of the questions I have for you is that when you're watching that as a spectator in a home in America and somebody presents an idea, it feels like those guys, the coaches, like are so fast at having a sense of what they want to try. Yes. Is that who they really are all the time? Or, or have they edited that out to be like, to just speed the show along? Because I mean, Tedder oftentimes is one of the guys I see jumping in with the guitar and it's like, right. He's like, I think the chorus should be this. Or I th he just, he just says it. He right. doesn't even wait. Yeah. So that, that does happen in the show. And as, as far as compared to the average songwriter, it, they are very fast. Um, it obviously is edited down. So like yeah. after a, um, a songwriter performs the song for the first time, um, on the show, it looks like 90 seconds to two minutes that they, you know, have this, this brilliant idea. And, and honestly, um, some of the time it does happen relatively fast, not that fast, but within yeah. a handful of minutes, most, uh, per my experience from, from the, the shows that, um, I was a part of, or, um, we were episode six, but we were also around for the filming of a few other episodes, um, that it's about 20 minutes, yeah. 20 to 30 minutes. Um, but also in that 20 to 30 minutes, there's, there's more dialogue than just songwriting. It's, mm -hmm. it's more about where are you from? What's the inspiration behind the song? Yeah. Um, but for, for, for my song specifically, I ended up, you know, I, I sang the song and then we jumped into a, you know, the collaboration part and it was about 10 minutes into yeah. it. Um, during the, the first 10 minutes, I was kind of a little encouraged because nothing was being said that, that maybe I wouldn't have said myself if I were in the studio. Is this seat. when you were in the studio yeah, working so, on it? Okay. Well, no, no. This is when I was in uh, on the, the stage. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, like before the judges. Right. In front of the judges. Okay. And we jumped in. And, you know, Tedder had some thoughts. Allo had some thoughts. I mean, everyone did. And it, it wasn't until um, Allo had one, he, he changed one lyric. Mm -hmm. And everyone goes, ooh. So that whole process was edited down. Obviously. Very much okay. so. Like I was out there for 30 minutes. It, on, on television, I was out there for maybe two. Okay, that's my question. So, but yeah, but it, 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 took, it took a hot second. But as soon as Allo said this like really cool twist on the line, yeah. everyone started sparking, light bulbs started going off. Yeah. And immediately the song just got better. That's crazy. That's, it's amazing how one little tweak on that's, an idea can open a box of a whole new direction. Yeah. And that's a, a discipline too. Like in songwriting, it's like, just stay in it. Cause, mm -hmm. cause that, that sparks come in. Well, I wanted to have Steve back on just, um, he's been doing a songwriting small group for worship circle. And just for years has been writing songs that I've been around in the church that are ridiculously singable for people, easy to sing and powerful. So I just wanted to pick your brain about song stuff, you know, be careful um, what, what you find yeah. up there. Um, and you, you, how long have you guys lived in Nashville now? Um, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yep. So this has become more of a, this is what I'm focused on mainly as songwriting right now. Yeah, totally. Um, some, some production and honestly, I, I come alive more in the songwriting process yeah. than the production process. What's that been like just networking? You know, is it, I mean, is, is that whole networking process, was it hard to get? connected or you you got connected with centricity right yes and no i mean so uh i've been i've been around this area of town especially in um in the christian music industry yeah. for a long time um even when we lived in atlanta and you and i would lead worship together at north point in 722 um like our our record deal was was with a um a label here in town so we would find ourselves here a lot and so having moved here full time, mm -hmm. it's, it's been really cool to have an opportunity to, to, to be around relationships that were very, you know, 
in and out relationships like hey we come in for six days and maybe i see and, and grab a meal but now yeah. there's friendships um that are more long term we see each other more often so um so from the networking side for me i i really believe that songwriting yeah you have to be a good a good writer you have to have great ideas but you also have to be a good human who other humans want to be around in yeah. the songwriting process right and that uh that's that's the <clears throat> best way to to network is to be in a right with someone and and be a great co-writer yeah. some someone who's inspiring uh the best out of whoever you're in the room with yeah and so there there is a a side of it that is 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 networking i've discovered that um you don't network unless you have something to add yeah something to bring to the table and so um and and, and also a lot of the networking just rides in the wings of friendship and mm -hmm. great relationships mm -hmm. that don't really have anything to do with songwriting, but have to do with a care for one another and for just just genuine human to human relationship. And so that uh, that's been actually a really cool part of being here in town. Yeah, um, for us, that's good. This this thought just came to mind because I think we had a Q and A on Worship Circle the other day, but just from like a church songwriting standpoint, I know you've worked with some churches. Who it it seems like it's becoming more and more that you have worship leaders who either write or want to write, and then they have a team that are volunteer musicians, or some of them are on staff. But um, this whole idea of hey, we want to write songs that are coming out of our church, right? And um, I mean, you and I both know that's a there's a lot of like minds that can go off and like blow up, <laughs> right? Blow people's you know, heart up in the midst of that, but just what are some things that you would say to um, the worship teams out there that are, they're listening and they're like, Hey, we want to have a writing culture, Steve, what are we, what are some things to pay attention to or things we might want to think about before we kind of head in this direction? Is there a path to go down that doesn't involve so many people maybe first that is, gives us some freedom to play around with the idea before we make this, big announcement that hey we're all gonna write songs yeah i remember yeah. you and i did, you and i went through things at north point where we enlisted all these people right hey everybody write and that we did but um just what what's kind of been your experience when it comes to teams in these churches that say hey we want to have a songwriting culture what are any thoughts that come to mind of best practices or things that you've seen work well in those scenarios and sure things, things that have have caused yeah headaches and pain. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a great question. I I think I would start with making sure, like, I'll put it this way: every church doesn't need to have a writing culture, in my opinion. This is straight up. I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying like you know the Book of Psalms says. Like, for me, it's like, why? Why do you want to have a writing culture? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a huge. I think that's a huge first step. Yeah. Is is to say, hey, what's the motivation behind this? Because we want to be like fill in the blank church. Yeah. Because if that's the motivation, then then you're you're not fulfilling your identity. Because mm -hmm. like I just want to be like them. It's like, well, wait a second. There's they're them. They're already them. <laughs> yeah. So like we don't need another them. <laughs> yeah. You're you, and you have your culture, and you ha you have your community to serve as well. Mm -hmm. And we, I mean, you and I, we. We went years and years singing songs that someone else had written yeah. for for the people that we were interested to serve, and that was a really good idea because those were the right songs yeah. for for that time and space of our church. Right. Um, and then there'll be an outlier song that I would bring to you, or that Alex Nifon would bring to us, and say, "Hey, here's a chorus that I think mm -hmm. we could rally around." And I just wrote it. I remember Alex bringing this this four lines. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt. You know? Yeah. And we're like, that's, that seems like what we should sing right now. Yeah. You know? But we weren't looking for it. We weren't on the hunt. And we weren't saying we need to be a culture that does this. Yeah. It was just the right time for it. Yeah. And so I think that the, the on your marks, get set, go mm -hmm. thing is really, really important. Why are we doing this? That's a huge question, man. And so... It's a great question. And wrestle with it. 
Yeah. You know, what boxes am I trying to check by doing this? Is this about me? Is this so I can say that all these people sang a song that I wrote? Yeah. That's not, I mean, that's a great feeling. Yeah. Um, but uh, if, if that's, if that's the motivation, mm-hmm. then I think you kind of pump the brakes and say, let's, let's not do this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if the motivation is we feel like we want to be the kind of church and God is compelling us to be the kind of church that in song, in a unique and fresh way that serves our people first, mm-hmm. that we create lyrics and music that give voice to who God has been specifically for us, what he's doing now, and what we're asking him to do in the future. Mm-hmm. And it resonates with our people. Yeah. And as I'm writing and even as I'm leading this song, images of what's happening in our community, because I know these people in my church that are singing these lyrics and mm-hmm. I know their story and these lyrics in this song is connected to their story. That feels like exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. And the, I think one of the pitfalls of the, you know, minds in the minefield is if our church likes it, maybe every church will like it and maybe it'll be a famous song. Mm. And if that's the motivation, solely then even if it is a big famous song at some point it won't be that fulfilling yeah because it's kind of just about you and your song yeah instead of about elevating this this like undeniable jesus that it were this is totally just about period the end right and if we elevate that then it's like okay we can we can find ways to to make much of that but if it's about hey i need to make sure that everyone knows that that I wrote 80% of this mm-hmm. and, the, and I came up with a guitar hook <laughs> again, whoa, horsey bump the brakes. And let's like, let's slow down. I've had guys ask, uh, or ladies who are in worship, like, Hey, we want to do an EP or we want to do a project. And that's great. And one of the things that years ago, just a friend told me is there's already a really good songs out there that, you know, work. They've already been written. And the people that come to your church don't know who wrote them. They just like to sing them. They probably think you did. Exactly. <laughs> so like one of the things you can do with volunteer musicians, whatever, is like, man, cover songs and do a great job doing it and get the feel of what great songs right. are playing them as a culture and a team and let your people jump into that. And then, man, if, if on the heels of that, there's something that you feel like you have to say or you need to say for your church, then do it. But I feel like, like you said, asking that question, why is huge. Sure. Cause I have to, I have to admit, I mean, when, when we were writing a lot more at, at church at North point, I was, there is that thing of, man, I hope this, I hope I can write something that somebody, you know, remembers me for. Or, sure. I think that's in all of us as people. Um, I remember somebody asking me, um, or I, me asking myself, like, if I could just write one song, the one I die would go on that people would go, that guy wrote that song. Like, there, I think that's in us all to leave something. Sure. Um, Which isn't, that's not, that's not bad. It's man. not bad, but it got to the point for me where it was like, you're chasing your tail. <laughs> it's like, you know, at some point you go, God, and, and you know that some of the best songs have been written when people quit trying. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and the it's and some of the some of the biggest songs that we sing as a a a, a faith and um a church globally or at least nationally are songs that when they were written didn't seem like they were the song. Yeah. They just became the song because uh, because it was the moment for that song. Yeah. And and even like when I when people have conversations about um songs being pitched for like television and film a lot of times the best songs don't make it but the right songs do mm-hmm. you know and so i think as you're trying to write songs that you feel like are the the best ones or your best attempt at it um run it through the filter of is this the right song for the people that i'm entrusted to serve yeah because i we can you can watch on YouTube and Vimeo for the next, you know, 72 hours of your life, live worship video after live worship video after live worship video of people that you're not entrusted to serve. Yeah. 
So that sh- maybe shouldn't be the the model and the, mm-hmm. the 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 pattern that you're chasing. Maybe you just really dig deep into your community and say, what does it look like to write a song that serves these people well right now? Mm-hmm. And if that seems like too big of a task, then dial it back even more. And you and I talked about this today. What about writing a song that serves my family? Yeah. Well, right now, or my heart. What do I need right now? What do I need to say that's true about God? Yeah. That if I say it, it's going to recenter my heart. Yeah. Where, like, like what, what weird exit ramp have I taken off my like focus on God? And like, how about I write a song that gets me back? You know, mm-hmm. onto that center focus, um, and and a lot of times those songs are just simply saying in a fresh way mm-hmm. who God has been to you, yeah, in in your life in the near and far future, yeah. So I don't know, man. That's good. It's almost like if it doesn't minister to us first, it's not going to minister to anyone second. Like we've got to, and that's well, we were working on a song today, and it's like I was telling Steve. Like I just have to, I have to write this now because it's therapy for me. Yeah. In the midst of the season I'm in, it's like I got to write this because I know it's true about God, but I need to make it memorable. And a beautiful thing about that is, as we were writing, I I I pitched an idea of a bridge, and we both agreed, good good idea and good bridge, but not for this song. Because mm. if this song is going to serve your heart in this season. Yeah. Then let's come up with the bridge that you did. And it's my favorite part of the song, by the way. <laughs> and it's just simple. Yeah. And it's, it, I mean, it's perfect mm. for you and yeah. for your heart. And if it moves you, yeah. at some point, it's going to move someone else toward the heart of God. That's good. And that's a huge songwriting principle. No matter what genre, no matter what you're writing for, no matter what kind of song it is, it's the, it's the self test. Is this moving me? Mm-hmm. Or do I just think this might move other people yeah. when I sing it to them? Yeah. Flip that back around to you and say, is this compelling me in a way that like, man, this is fresh and it's, it's, it's motivating my heart somewhere. Yeah. See how much song, you know, when you're listening to current kind of pop ideas or song textures or um, kind of song skins that people are using, you know, and for somebody who would say, this is what I want to do more, how much of that is um, consciously listening to things that seem to be cutting edge right now and jumping into that fast so that you can be in that ballpark sonically and with textures and the whole deal right now versus, um, which is maybe more of a writer who's a chameleon. Like, I can write country, I can write something that sounds like this band or whatever, and that's just who I am as a songwriter versus this is who I am. I'm not going to go down that road because it doesn't fit me. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna write, this is just who, you know. Do you see that around this town a lot? Or do you see chameleon writers that can kind of do whatever? Or do you see people that can kind of jump on whatever's current and just knock it out of the park with something that's... I'd say yes to every single one of those. Okay. You know, and... The I, th- I think maybe the umbrella over that concept is you, you have to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, for you know, for for me, I'm kind of in awe of people who can just flip a switch and like, especially producers yeah. who could do like in like country world, like do something that's super nostalgic, super honky tonk kind of deal, and then then a couple of days later they're doing a super modern, you know kind of almost country pop crossover track and it just sounds as good right um and so i think i think you have to identify your lane and once you do that Mm -hmm. then then just keep doing it and get really 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 good at it and know that that's what you're best at Mm -hmm. and i think at that point because you have a confidence of okay this is the center of my target i know that i can do this yeah that that's a foundation to branch off into other things to say let me try my hand at it because I like I know I, I'm bringing this piece to the table. What else can I bring to the table? Yeah. Um. But some people are just naturally, you know, gifted to do that. And when I listen to music, I'm, and this is obviously it's just it's just me. Um. Sometimes I listen to it just just to to be inspired and to enjoy it. Um. When I start digging into okay, I'm a 
songwriter as well and a producer <laughs> as well. Um, and then start like, okay, why is this song moving me the way it is from like a sonic or like, uh, what's the drum sound or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's kind of a rabbit hole and it sometimes causes me to not enjoy the song as much. Yeah. Um, but I think for the, the average listener, mm-hmm. a good song is a good song. Mm. And so one of the pitfalls that I've gone through seasons of my life is, is spending too much time and energy on like the, the minutia of production. Cause yeah. there are people that I can go to that are way better than at that than, than I am. And, and to, to spend my focus on, is this a great song? Mm-hmm. And if it is, then you could play it on a piano or a guitar or whatever. And it would still translate as a great yeah. song Yeah, from a, from a lyric melody phrasing, um, creative, fresh, but familiar, all the things like, you know, some of the best songs are songs you hear for the first time. And you're like, that sounds so fresh, but I feel like I've heard it before. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a conversation about that within worship as well. You know, I mean, yeah. that's what I think we're entrusted to say, say things that, that about God that, that we know have been tr- true since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. But how do we say that in a fresh way that, mm-hmm. that still has handles on it for people to grab onto and say, yeah, that's what, that's what my heart wants to say right now to God. It just, it feels like what I want to say. So I'm going to say it. Yeah. And, and you don't have to say everyone sing along. Cause I already want to, it's that good of a song. Yeah. It's funny. There's still songs being written with amen and alleluia. And there's a myriad of ways to say those. Yeah. That somebody might hear this year and go, man, that's so fresh. Yes. But people have been saying amen for centuries or alleluia. And it's like, it's still, it's almost like with worship music, um, the the stuff that really connects with me is like you said when you're like this is not only being sung now but it was meant to be sung forever it, it, you know sure what are some uh, whether it's worship music or not what are some like masterpiece songs for you like oh goodness songs that I mean I know it's probably just some of your favorites that could be any genre any uh, it's just a fun question because we all have different things that connect with our heart and move us in different ways. Man, I'm tr- I'm I, I may start with worship. Yeah. Um I don't like I'm going I don't know, man. I'm going to I'm probably going to be done with this podcast and think of like 30 more songs that I probably should have said. But this is a throwback. Yeah. Um and I don't know all the writers on it, but I know it um Graham Kendrick uh sang the song Knowing You. Yep. And like, it's not, and Graham, you're awesome, but it's not like cool, right? It's it's not like you listen to it now in 2020 and mm-hmm. be like, now that's some rad production that, yeah. you know, but like you, you go back and just read the lyrics on a page. Yeah. And. It's like an epistle from Paul. It's just, it's, it's, um, and it's not, you know, what we like to say a lot. It's not rocket surgery, yeah. you know, it's. But it's right. Yeah. Once, once I, all I once held dear, dear, built my life upon. And it's like. All this the, world are yeah, dear than wars the chorus, to own. The chorus, like knowing you, Jesus, there's no greater thing. Yeah. You're my all. Yeah. You're the best. My You're joy, my, my joy, my righteousness. I love you. Lord. And I love you, Lord. Like, yeah. Uh, there's not another worship song since that said you're the best and it on a page it looks like that's i wouldn't no i wouldn't write that and then you sing it you're like yeah i'd sing that i'd sing that and i want to sing it again i remember in our first apartment or may our second apartment that playing that record and carrie and i just like what is that yeah when that song came on yeah so i think i think from a like really tender well-written throwback Mm -hmm. and then another throwback um is and this song i mean is like foundational for me as like uh, uh when i heard it and then when i saw it and it was a part of it um i said I, if i if i do this for my life mm-hmm. i want to write songs that move me and people the way this song is moving me toward god Mm-hmm. And it's did you feel the mountains tremble? You probably knew I was going to say that, <laughs> Martin. Uh, and yeah. and uh, 
and just go back and listen like there's power in when is in when you don't sing right yep like after after each kind of verse stanza there's just like some bars just open mm. and it's it's almost like going yeah that's what we just said did y'all catch that um but i mean and the chorus is just a freight train it's huge and just it's it it's so believable like there's songs that people have shown me like this is the worship song i wrote and like i just don't know if they even believe what they wrote but i believe every fiber of that song and it it pulled me into um into the heart of god and into this like inspiration of i want to do this with my life mhm those are good and all the songs you've written ever no <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm, it's crazy. What about they're... you? I'm going to flip it. I'll, I'm going to host this podcast for like two minutes. What songs, songs that are masterpieces for you? Man, it's, it, I mean, there's definitely sacred songs that, um, one of the things that came to mind is I'd rather have Jesus. Yeah. Than silver or gold. I'd rather have him than riches untold. Beverly Shave with Billy Graham used to sing that. Yeah. Than to be the king of a vast domain. Those lyrics are just like, it's just, it's a simple few chords. Right. And it's like Johnny Cash, three chords in the truth. <laughs> it's yeah. like not that complicated. Knowing you moved me brilliantly too. It was massive. Um, those are good. And there's so many hymns that are powerful to me, but uh, it's kind of hokey. I like Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That song yeah. is just really... And then another Rainbow song that's so crazy. It's funny. I played this for my kids the other day. They had never heard rainbow connection by kermit the frog that's amazing and paul williams wrote that he lives here in nashville but if you read the lyrics of that song it's brilliantly written and there's something about that song I, my heart just connects with songs that remind us that there's more yeah they're transcendent in a way it's like this is great but there's something beyond what we can't see right now that's coming yeah and there's stuff in secular music that does that just as much as in sacred music. Oh, sure. But I just, anytime I hear something like that, I go, it's like that whole C.S. Lewis thing where made for a world that is beyond this one. Yeah. And my heart just goes, that's coming, Lord, thank you. So any songs like that, um, When You Wish Upon a Star, Disney. <laughs> I'm like a dreamer. My head's in the clouds. I'm loving this list of songs. But they're, all, off, they're all just these like dreamy kind of, you know, fairy yeah. tale. Um, like, I'm, let me be a kid again, and Dad, you've got this, and it's all going to be okay kind of thing. Those yeah. are just... But there's so many amazing songwriters and brilliant things going on nowadays. It's just crazy, and that have been. And there's some people that wrote so many great masterpieces, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, and it's crazy. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. So let's get into some practical things. For you, having your antenna up as a writer, um, what are some of the tools you use just to collect ideas? I know a lot of people use the old voice memo app. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. I do that driving too. in the car. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's you can't beat the old uh, pad and paper next to your bed. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, like there's plenty of times that I wake up, um, and even if it's like you know, I'm not, I don't rem remember a lot of dreams that I have, but a lot of times I wake up and have a thought first thing in the morning. Um, I used to work on the model of like, if I was writing a song, I would almost force myself not to write anything down. Mm -hmm. And it was like saying, if I can't remember it, then it's not worth being remembered. That's good, yeah. Um, it, and it worked for me for a while and it doesn't anymore. Like okay. there's plenty of things. One of the things I've, I've loved about during the, the quarantine time, a social distancing and us writing on zoom yeah. is, uh, there's an option if you do a paid zoom account that records the whole session. Yep. And, um, I sometimes, especially if I'm being leaned on as the track person or to come up with something to sing to for a demo during mm -hmm. the writing session, I kind of check out sometimes mm -hmm. and my melodic memory doesn't serve me very well. And so we'll go back to a part yeah. and be like, wait, what was the, the best melody there? Especially when you're writing with great, like, um, great, melodic songwriters yeah because they'll they'll think of five melodies in a row they're all great and i'll like i'll catch maybe the best one at least that i think is the best and mm -hmm. five minutes later i'll i'll forget which one that was um and so record record things write things down um 
even if it's re repetitive during during a song right we did it today um we had some lyrics that we were we really believed in but then i put a, a line and it's just the no judgment line and everything <laughs> below that is just it can suck if it wants to it's fine mm -hmm. but it like it's just a brain dump of ideas um so as much as you can get down i feel like for me on paper or on your notes on your phone um and you shared a voice memo with me i forgot you could do that like not a voice memo a note a yeah note so it's, it's kind of the same iPhone. as google docs but on apple notes whether yeah. it's your phone or on your laptop or whatever so two people can collaborate yeah and there's just location. updates so um and then like a, a a lot of times i'm just i'll listen to music and be inspired and then i'll say why what what about that inspired me not to copy the lyric but what did they do with lyrics that made the lyric good yeah um and a lot of it is is unex, unexpected things that like you think they're going to say one thing because of how they set it up yeah and so your brain's predicting something and then you get challenged yeah <laughs> and like oh they didn't say that that's really brilliant. And a lot of times it just makes me mad because I know I would have never thought of that. Mm. So I'm like, well, dang it. That, you know, it's just too good. Um, so save yourself from being discouraged because uh, I find myself being like, oh man, I could never do that. Um, but yeah, so just, just kind of unraveling why something affects you the way that it does. And mm. whether that's a melodic thing um, or a lyric thing or just like the way a track just like drops out or whatever like mm. just a, the the musical treatment that that supports the main idea um and then and and also my antennas are up with who i should write with yeah and i don't say who i should write with in terms of i need to find the best writer in town i need to find the right writer for me mm -hmm. and so it's also a function of knowing my gifts as a writer like what are my strengths and if I if my strengths are I love song structure, yeah. I love the main idea, um, I I do love the production of it at least you know at least to get production started. Yeah, um, there's plenty of guys in town that are incredibly talented writer, but they embody some of the most of the same gifts that I do, mm -hmm. and so we find that we're just like majoring on the same things, and but there's these big gaps, mm. you know. And so I would say if you're if you're the kind of person that like loves like you're a, maybe an instrumentalist loves production, um, then and maybe you have some some lyrical gifts, maybe some a lot of gifts, but find people that fill in those gaps mm -hmm. and always have your antennas up as to who those people are. So when the time comes to write, you say, "Hey, can we get together?" And here's my idea, and. Let's let's maybe finish this song together. I what think that's the, hugely. What was the Lionel Richie thing you told me today? Oh, so <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the it's the best piece of advice. Is a great prophet Lionel Richie, um, <laughs> prophet Lionel. Uh, he's his best his best songwriting advice is uh, okay. So when you want to write a song, think about what you want to say, and then say that. <laughs> and it's just a lesson in simplicity. Yeah, like. Just think of think about some of the songs that are just to the point. Yeah. And that's that's the advice. It's like how do okay, let's see how are we going to like how should we sing about how great God is? Tomlin. Yeah. Well, let's sing how great is our God. Yeah. I mean, that's a just a, just a great song, right? Mm -hmm. Um but it's to the point. Yeah. Um that doesn't mean that that you you sacrifice um like the 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 poetic side of of lyric writing mm -hmm. um but even even that can be a pitfall uh, you know i'm said this before i'm not a big sports analogy guy but like you can't hit a grand slam without like getting base hits right like the bases have to be loaded and then you can like have the moment mm -hmm. right and so it it serves it doesn't serve a song well if there's four just million dollar lines in a, in a verse or even a chorus like you pick the line that you want to serve and support that with lines that are just to the point yeah. you know um so that's good so yeah that's a that's just a a a, pra a practice of uh you know there is the Lionel Richie thing say what you want to just think about what you want to say and say that um and support that with with some some maybe lyrics that you haven't heard before. 
Yeah. And are going to strike people as, wow, that's fresh. Do you write, uh, do you try to write sometimes just for the discipline of writing? Because I remember you saying that, like, just write something. Just like, if you're getting into writing, like, go for it. There's no mistake. Just get something down. Well, I used to before it was my job. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So like, as, as I was, um, I'm always, obviously will be and still am. Um, but, uh, crafting my ability to, to write songs, um, there is a discipline of just write songs for the sake of writing songs. Yeah. Because there's, there's never a moment spent songwriting that will return void. Even if that moment is frustrating, even if you feel like you're mm, hitting a wall, good, yeah. if you can't figure out how to how to you know turn this chorus toward home and make it great toward the end, and if you even never figure that out for this particular song, mm-hmm. you'll you'll gain um, something from that experience. Yeah. Um, if you go into a co-write and it's not a great write, and you don't want to write with that person ever again, hey, you'll learn something. You know, don't write with that person again. So continue to write songs and. You, a, a, a lot of people have said to me, I don't, my, my hold up for jumping into the songwriting thing is I just don't want to write terrible songs. Yeah. And it's like, no, you need like, okay, then don't ever write any songs. Yeah. Cause like I've written plenty of terrible songs this year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're just not, they're not even worth demoing and turning in. Right. That's, but at the yeah. same time, those, they, I got them out. Mm-hmm. They're gone. They're not in me anymore. <laughs> they're they're somewhere else, and I've made room for more, right? And hopefully, what I'm m- making room for more are the songs that uh, are gonna kind of have some more staying power. Uh, so I would just say, write, go write a bad song and yeah. get it out. Yeah, and and then know what it looks like for you to write a bad song. Yeah, I remember Bono saying, um, I was watching this video where he was like, "I believe songs are already written." And like he viewed himself as, and their band really, they would get together and just jam these musical ideas. And he would, and Daniel and Wah would say this, but he would just start singing whatever. I mean, there I was, don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. Like, there was no right or wrong. He was just singing and going, okay, what is this chord structure? What is these rhythms, this feel? What is it it's saying? What needs to be said in the middle of this? And sure. I'm just going to, you know, and I think that's kind of cool that they had the freedom just to, Go well, and some it. of their songs sound like he did that. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it's like you you listen to the first time you hear, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah. It's like, wait, I'm feeling a connectivity to something spiritual going on here. Yeah. You know, so you did tap into something there, dude. Yeah. Um, but the, I I feel like that's true. I forget who I was with. Um, it was a female co-writer. Um, mm. it was a, a while ago. It it was one of two people. I won't say their names because I don't want to be wrong. But um we got done with the song and I loved, I just loved the song. Mm-hmm. I think it was really special. And in a, the, my intent with what I said was like an encouraging thing of like, wow, guys, like imagine, like, think about this, that we just wrote the song that never existed before. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you sure about that? <laughs> I was like, ooh, touche. Uh, you might be right. And so wow. it is like this, this open hearted thing to, the Lord into the into heaven, saying like, "Can you can can we just can we just hear for a second what what's what's going on up there? Yeah, and can we can we sing a little bit of that down here? Yeah. So I think that that's true. Thank mm-hmm. you again, the great prophet Bono, mm-hmm. for that. But there, I I believe there are there are songs that exist in the spiritual realm yeah. that we through the kindness of god a gift from god can 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 hear and receive and put our pen to on earth and sing they're transcendent that's powerful we rita springer's a new coach with us and rita said that um you know she just believes all creativity is from god so whether it's secular sacred like sure it all comes from god sure and uh it's just a powerful thought it's such an honor to be um just involved in music. So for those of you guys listening, um, Steve's got a songwriting small group in a worship circle. And uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of hands-on learning stuff. You get to have some of your songs critiqued, critiqued, that kind of thing. So thank you for doing that with us. 
Dude, absolutely. I know it's It's, been a joy for all the leaders that have been able to be a part of it. It's been really special for me, man. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for being on with us today, man. Thanks for coming back on. And thank you for your life and your heart and just willingness to help. And for all you guys and ladies listening out there that want to write, just know that, man, you don't have really anything to fear. Um, Just express your heart to God. Tell him how you're feeling. Remind yourself of who he is. And uh, And just do it a lot. And and as soon and if you write a song that you really love and and someone says hey what's what's your favorite song you've ever written <laughs> say what I say and say the next one I like that the next one I'm gonna write the next one and just oh, after man. you write the song open handed let it go yeah and then just be just turn your sights toward whatever's yeah. next well it's fun I Steve and I worked on a team today and I don't know what God will do with it it doesn't matter it's it's already ministering to me but it's just I think the joy of the whole thing, regardless of how many people on the other side of it hear it, is that it's 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 a beautiful thing to be involved with friendship and life and story and just kind of sharing the journey together with melodies and it's like you know just taking a snapshot of where you are. Totally, and the, and today it was just special for me, Todd, just for us both to be in this room together. Yeah, um, like leaning in pressing into to the heart of god and you know asking i mean we're it was it was us together as me and you and the lord just yeah like fashioning these these lyrics in this song and that even that if no one ever hears the song again even that's valuable and it's a moment that we that we were you know we shared well i was telling my son colin and his girlfriend maddie are with us here in nashville and i was telling we got in the car on the way to go get lunch here in Franklin. We had grilled cheese and tomato soup. Oh, what was man. the name of that place? The Grilled Cheesery is the yes, name of that place, You want to go there if you're visiting Franklin. Or na- there's a location in Nashville, too, and a food truck. <laughs> okay. It was unbelievable. Like their spokesperson, I think. But we were on the way to Franklin downtown, which is like, you know, three minutes, five minutes from here. And I was like, guys, it's rare that you you get to hang out with somebody you've known for like 20 years. And then to be able to work on a, on music together, which is something you've done with this person for years before. Yeah. But just to pick up where you leave off and it's, man, it's just such a gift of God, friendship, relationship, music. Yeah. And I think that's what Steve and I would wish for all you, you ladies and gentlemen listening that, uh, the journey and the friendship in the community is so much more important than the output. So y'all lock, lock hands and lock hearts and love each other. Well, and, and uh, see what kind of creative things you can come up with together that encourage your people. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Circle Podcast. As always, we want to remind you that you are loved, that you are not alone. And when you lead, when you walk with Jesus, we stand with you as an army of worship leaders that's growing around the world to bring hope to people who need hope and healing to people who need healing. We hope you join us next time. And until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at at Worship Circle and share this podcast and the information about it with any leader you know so that they can become part of this growing tribe of leaders on the earth.